There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the ridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. Uh, they 
guy, uh, Edwards Hopsquatch event the previous uh, Saturday. So I got to meet Brian. And so I just wanted to give Brian a shout out. It was great great to meet you, buddy. And uh, we'll we'll see you again out out in the woods. So our uh, show today is is an encounter show, and we've got a couple great ones um, from a couple of the different members of the Janosqua Project, uh, which Julie is also a member of. Um, so uh, we've got a Pat Camp and a Sam Ebert, and Sam is from Southeast Ohio, and Pat is um, lives just outside of. Uh, Washington D.C. So we're excited to uh, have those folks on. So yes, we are. Um, I would like to go ahead, and our first um, uh, encounter is going to be Pat is going to share hers with us. So, without further ado, I am going to bring Pat on. Hi there. Good afternoon or evening, Pat. Hey, hey, Pat. How, how are, are you? you? I'm doing fine. How's y'all? Good. I am well. Well, thank you for joining us on Monster X today. Um, you're a, a member of the Janosqua Project, an admin, and uh, and you you do go out and and uh, look for Bigfoot still, or I do actually. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of hiking anyway, but I I also look for signs and different things when I'm out there. Awesome. Great. So. Pat, could you tell uh, members of a listening audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've lived pretty much around the world. Um, Military brat, you know how that goes. Little here, little there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can remember when I was a kid uh, when the Bigfoot movie came out, you know, when the Patterson movie came out. I remember seeing that as, uh, what, nine years old or something like that. Anyways, I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, man, that would be wicked because I was hung out in the woods back in those days. And uh, then it's like somebody says, nah, they're over there in Arkansas, over to California. So, eh, you know. But I always had some weird things go on as I was playing in the woods. Sometimes I'd be by myself and I'd just be uh, by the rock quarry we used to have back there and looking for, you know, look for quartz and different things like that. And... Uh, Things, you know, I'd get rocks thrown at me, and and that happened three or four times, and I'd always look for whoever it was. Finally got to the point where that rock almost hit me, and I said, that's it. I'm not coming back here anymore by myself. <laughs> and that was in Arkansas, you said? No, this was actually in Virginia. Oh, in Virginia, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I did go to Arkansas. I had relatives there, but I didn't see anything there. Uh, it's Virginia. It's actually where I saw it. Which kind of okay. amazed me when I when I did see it because I didn't think it was there, you know, not supposed to be here. But right. what are you going to do? Your perception was that it was kind of a Pacific Northwest. Um, Absolutely, uh, from Arkansas yeah. on to California, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't much pay, pay to mind, you know. Not here. Don't worry about it. That kind of thing. Right. And you spent. A- you spent a lot of time uh-huh. in the woods. And, and when did you have, I mean, at what age did you have these rocks thrown at you? Uh, the rocks were anywhere uh, about 9 to about 11. Because I stopped going in the woods right before my 12th birthday. I said, nah, no more. I, I'm tired of this mess. 
because I, I always assumed it was another kid that threw them, but there was never mm-hmm. any giggling or laughing or nothing, you know? And I never saw anybody, so I was like, oh, this is getting creepy. I'd say. So you had that happen was that... several times? Huh? You you had that happen to you several times? Uh, three or four times. Wow. Yeah, and I said, no, no, that that's that's enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> things were getting a little weird back in the woods. I mean, you would hear things, but you would never see anything. And what hmm. kind of things would you hear? I mean, you would hear like growling, but you know, like uh, I always assumed it was a dog or something. But there was never a dog around. I didn't see bear. Um, I mean, just, I didn't know what the heck it was. You know, it was usually you, it was a pack of the kids back there. So, you know, any animal in its right mind wouldn't be anywhere near us. But uh, I don't know. Very cool, though. And that, and, and that age, did you... Had, did you say you'd already seen or aware of the Patterson Gimlin film at that point? I was. Um, yeah. When I was 12, I actually saw The Legend of Boggy Creek. Now, this was like the night before we went to Arkansas, which really scared the bejeebers out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you got that 12-year-old angst and everything going mm-hmm. on. Then you go into the land of Bigfoot, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never saw nothing back there, you know. So... <laughs> Well, fast forward a little bit. I mean, so as uh, what what uh, got you interested in or reignited your interest in Bigfoot? It sounded like you weren't interested when you were nine or, or twelve when you were having had some rocks thrown at you in the woods. That kind of. Well, but, actually, but, uh, go ahead. What's the, what kind of started it for me was Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, gotcha. Because it kind of, you know, people say oh, it's just, you know, it's make-believe and all this. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And it's always been my belief that there's something out there. I just don't know enough about it. So I started my search in cryptozoology. A lot of different animals, you know. But uh, Bigfoot's always been my passion. So you you uh, saw The Legend of Boggy Creek and that got you, and you kind of just, studied Bigfoot? Did you start going out in, in the woods and what got you going out in the woods actually looking? After, especially after your experiences, you know, as a as a little girl and you had those those uh you were kinda put out of the woods by by having some rocks thrown at you. What got you right. back in the woods and looking for for a Bigfoot? <laughs> well actually I didn't. It found me. Yeah, I didn't go looking for it. It found me. Um, what it was was that I was a teenager, uh, had a car. It was Friday night. It was full moon, and there was nobody around. All my buddies were elsewhere. They were doing different things, what have you. So I did what I always did when I was always by myself, always drove the back roads. And back in those days, it was a lot of country, you know, very little built up in certain areas. So you could be surrounded by several hundred acres and nobody in sight. So I'd always been told that you could get close to deer 
especially if they're not hunted in certain areas. And uh, so I said, hey, you know, let me go look. Down this lonely road, and there was, I hadn't seen anybody for, shoot, an hour or so on the roads. And um, in this little bit of a clearing on the side of the road, I had, uh, there was a uh, ravine, a small ravine. So I parked my car just past the ravine so it'd be on my tail end and uh, pointed the car going up, left my lights on, didn't close the door because I had seen these these bunch of deers, like five or six of them, on this little hill. So I'm like, hey, this is cool. Let me go check it out. No, no bugs, just those. And I looked around good for bear or anything else, and I didn't see anything. So I said, okay, that's cool. I left the door, I kind of like closed it to a point where it just touched the car, but didn't actually close. Don't ask me why. I still couldn't tell you. But um, as I was walking up, slowly walking up this uh, hill, I was walking away from this ravine going towards the deer. And as I was halfway there, don't, I, I can't explain it to this day, I heard something that I know it's kind of dramatic, but ran my blood cold. And I knew then um, that I had made a pretty bad mistake because I was in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knew where I was, you know, that kind of thing. So anyways, um, I knew there was something there and I was in trouble. And I said, okay, well, I want to see what the heck this is. So, you know, and I just turned my head to the right a bit. And there in the ravine, there it sat. Well, it crouched. It wasn't sitting. It was crouching. You know, like you're sitting on the back of your heels, and it was standing right. itself with its arms on the sides of the ravine. Now, this thing was about five feet deep, maybe a little bit more, and it's almost as wide. And its arms didn't even stretch all the way out. So this thing must have been huge. Mm. It never stood up, but it watched me. And let me tell you, woof, about three or four yards took me. And to look at it, it was what kind of really threw me because I always thought Bigfoot were dark. This one was white. Really? Mm. Really. It was white with gray and or silver. I couldn't really tell because it was kind of, the ravine was a little bit on the dark side. But it was white, and it had the brown skin and brown eyes, big brown eyes, and the flattest nose I've ever seen. Um, it didn't make a move towards me. It just watched me. The eyes always moved as I moved. The head never moved. Um, I don't know about ears. I know it's conical. It did have the conical shape. Uh, the white hair that was kind of stringy. On the face, it didn't have a whole lot, but it was there. It looked like an old man. Um, hmm. Had white all over its body, thicker, but not so much on the face. Uh, and it never, it never. Once I spotted it, it never moved again. Now, I, being the turkey chicken that I was back in those days, backed up 
hit the front end of my car, spun around, and I think I dived into the car. And I can't remember. <laughs> but I took off. I threw that thing into drive, and I took off. I must have been doing 100 miles an hour when I hit the top of that mm-hmm. <laughs> And I didn't look back. Uh, that kind of scared me out of the woods for a long time. But, wow. You know, it's just like, bam, gone. But then again, I was right there in between its dinner, you know, deer. Right. Well, live and learn, right? Well, how long was the hair at the longest length on the on the thing that you saw? On the face, it was. Hmm, that's hard to say because I was like three or four yards from it. But it was it was a good. It was like I said, it's an old like an old man with a scraggly long beard. Um. Uh-huh. It covered the mouth somewhat, but it had the real full lips, the big lips. And like I said before, the flat nose, but the hair did not cover the nose. And and I think it was just the way it was, that it was covering a little bit of the mouth, but not a whole lot. Um, but it seemed old, you know. It, it I can remember thinking it was like a grandfather, you know. Hmm. Kind of that old soul. Now, that was the was hair it. matted at all? Hmm? Was the hair matted in, in different areas on it the was. body? Or that it was. was. Matted? It was certain areas. Uh, but the face wasn't. It was like it was greasy, dirty. But it wasn't hmm. matted, per se. Now, I didn't, like I said, I couldn't see anything but the face in the front of it. But what I did see, it was, it, yeah, there were parts that were matted and parts of it that were just stringy, just hanging out, as it were. Mm. Yeah, it was... Well, um, so, so, Pat, I'm sorry, what what state was this in, your encounter? This Virginia. Encounter? Actually, Virginia. Virginia. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And how long ago? Oh, this was when I was a teenager, and I don't want to go there. We get the idea. You're about my age, so. <laughs> so well, put it this uh, way, that area is no longer, you know, open area. It's now pretty much all built up, so that's how it's all, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, someplace where you're not really supposed to be, but, you know, teenagers, they do their own thing. I've been hanging around the woods, um, with groups of friends, you know, we'd just go inside the woods and have parties and what have you, uh, but never really went hiking or anything else. And you would hear things, something like somebody walking up towards you, never actually see them. Mm. used to get weird things like that all the time. Now, when you saw the thing, was there any type of uh, odor Associated with your sighting, some people say they they smell a strange odor. Yeah, see, that that was the weird thing. Now, for this particular one, it was like the earth opened up. Have you ever done a lot of gardening, deep yes. gardening? Oh, you're yeah. Pulling shrubs and stuff like not. that. And you just, right. That was the kind of odor, but just hmm. magnified. So kind of an earthy wow. odor? Very, very musty, very earthy. Huh. So maybe 
maybe it didn't see me as a threat, which is probably why I didn't excuse, excuse, uh, give off the pungent odor like it does for others. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, so you, know, you were you were up there by yourself, and you did you say it, it was standing in a a ravine that was five feet deep? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what and what would you estimate then its height to have been? I'm looking at least seven feet, at least. Okay. Because he so was down on of, his ankles, and his mm. head was even with the ravine, so he had been at least seven feet. At least, if not more. And all, all it really did was watch you. It didn't make any threatening, and it didn't leave the area. You left before it ever did. Right. Well, I figured anything that was that much bigger than me, I wasn't going to hang around. you? When you first saw it, what did you, I mean, what went through your mind? I mean, did you... You know, did you realize right away what you were looking at, or or did you think well, it was? The first few seconds I looked at it, and I said, oh, Lord, what the hell is that? And then it dawned. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I mean, I had never seen that or anything before. Um, and I can remember thinking, there's got to be a big foot. got to be but white. No, man, it can't be that. And for years, I really did not know. I couldn't, I I knew it was a Bigfoot, but nobody ever said it was a white one, They're, that they had other colors besides the black. So, you know, it's okay. kind of like, Ooh. So you'd never heard about anyone having a sighting um, with one that was either white or gray prior to you seeing this? Oh, no, not not at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And had you you hadn't really studied uh, you hadn't really studied Bigfoot at that point, had you? I mean oh, you, no, you had the reference all. Yeah, you had had the reference of basically your reference for Bigfoot was the Patterson Gimlin Phil uh right. footage and and uh, the legend of Boggy Creek. Right. And then yeah, as so. for, cryptids, for the different cryptids come out I would devour them and and what have you and then you started getting back out with some friends, but like I said, we would just party in the woods because there wasn't a whole lot of anything else to do back in those days. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, every once in a while you would hear like somebody walking up towards you and out in the middle of nowhere, and it's like, you know, who the hell was that, you know? But never saw anybody. Hmm. So you you had that encounter as a teenage girl and and... Then what? I mean, did you dive into studying Bigfoot then? It, you said it, it kind of scared you out of the woods for a long time. What, what made you go back? Um, I don't like being a coward. <laughs> okay. It's, it's the face the fear. It's the, okay, now this, okay, we've had that, been there, done that, let's, let's get on with life. Let's get back to where, you know, I want to be in the woods. And and how long did it take you to get back into the woods? Oh, quite a few years. Uh, life got in the way, got married, had a kid, working, that kind of thing. It really got in the way, moved around uh, different parts of the country. 
So I've gotten into this last three or four years. Oh, so mm-hmm. not, yeah, so you just, into the last, I mean, quite a while went by before you were active um, in the woods and, and getting back in the woods. So what of all things made you, did that experience, your encounter, make you curious about about uh, when you went, went back into the woods? Did you, how did you uh, end up finding the Genosco project, getting involved with okay. Paul and, and Julie? <laughs> um, that's a long time coming. Uh, actually, <laughs> I talked to a gentleman out of Virginia who also had seen one not too far from where I had seen mine, my sighting at, about eight miles different. And, you know, him talking about it and some other people that were having coming forward and say, hey, we're hearing this and we're hearing that. I'm going, hey, you know, I'm going to be out there. Um, and that got me into looking at the Bigfoot on uh, Facebook and what have you. And I just started watching people who was doing what, where, what, and why. Ran across Paul and some other people, and I said, hey, you know, these people are right on. I can deal with this. And I just dived in. No regrets. And so uh, now... How often do you go out squatching, to, to use the, the unscientific vernacular? <laughs> <laughs> I go out, uh, I try to go out every weekend. I really do. Uh, oh, um, wow. Yeah, I do. Um, I go into a particular area where there's been, there's been uh, besides a couple of sightings, there's been a lot of noises. Um, things being thrown, um, the tree knocks. I was there one time when there was something knocked a tree that was like, couldn't have been 10 feet from me. It about scared the bejeebus out of me because there was nobody there that I saw. When you go out, I mean, you go out pretty often and are you, are you reaching, researching the same area or are you going to different areas or Okay, now this year, okay, there's still several, uh, there's still several thousand acres um, of land or what have you, and a lot of it's restricted now because there is developments and yada yada. Um, but I'm kind of on the peripheral of that because I still think there's something out there. Uh, there's just too many stories of mm-hmm. people smelling things and hearing things and what have you. So I'm just, you know, kind of seeing what's out there, you know, kind of putting myself in positions where I know that I might come across something where, you know, you go out at 6 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock as the sun's coming up, you're not going to get a whole lot of people out there. Um, right. But, you know, sometimes you get the runners and the people with dogs and what have you back there, but you know, I find it comforting. I really do. It's amazing. So, now so you go out by yourself. Oh. I'm sorry? You go out there alone. Mostly, yes. Wow. And what what would you what was has been your most recent experience that you couldn't explain? You know, you that you would put into the weird bucket of you know I I don't think I don't think it's uh-huh. something that happened from the okay uh, known animal. Let me see now. The most recent issue I've had uh, was oh, about a month or so ago. Um, I was out there in 
I think the place that normally doesn't have a whole lot of people go up in there um, for whatever reason. If you run across anybody, it's usually people walking dogs. So I was out there one day, and I'm just, because I had gone up uh, to a certain, uh, I go off trail when I can. So I'd gone off trail a while back, and I had found this this uh, deer head, well, deer skull in the tree. And I'm like, holy kittens. And I was like, yes, I have. And I spotted some trees with some unusual rocks around a few of them. Not all of them, and the rocks were not in that particular area. You would have to go a mile or two down the road to find rocks like that. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So uh-huh. I was going back up to see that deer skull was still there. Now, as I was approaching the area, I was here like a little kid whining. And that kind of like, I'm like, oh, heavens, we got some some family out here with a kid that's whining. <laughs> I just hate that. I really do. It drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come to the woods for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the closer I got to this particular area where I had taken this picture of the skull, the louder it got. And so finally, I stopped and I looked around. I didn't see anything. I said, okay, well, you know, maybe it was just a a fox or something. I wasn't sure. So I went up, scaled the hill, and I was, uh, as I had gotten up there and what have you, and I would hear the whining here and there, but it got deathly quiet. I'm like, okay, no problem. It went away. And I was looking around, and I was trying to find the skull, and I could not find that skull. And But the rocks were still around the certain trees. Now, back in the back, there was a tree that had fallen, and also uh, whatever it was had put a bunch of greenery next to this fallen tree. And I'm thinking, that's weird. It wasn't there before. So I was going towards it, and all of a sudden I hear the noise, the whining and I also hear, oh, how would I put that? I heard the whining and I heard a couple of knocks, three knocks in the distance. And then I heard the footsteps. Well, and I felt them because they must have been awfully damn close if I was feeling them. It was two of them. Mm. By that time, I said, I'm out of here. Bye. And as I got to the ridge of the hill, because it was a, it was a pretty good climb um, to get back to the trail, and I heard the whine real loud. I'm like, looking around, I thought the damn thing, whatever it was, going to jump me. <laughs> I'm hauling butt down this hill, and I'm going back out this little tiny side trail, back to the main uh, trail. And I'm like, dang, because you would still hear the whining. And I'm like, Okay, I'm gone. So I hit the main trail, and as I was going up it, I saw a couple with their dog, and they had a, like a, uh, it was a boxer and a pit bull mix. It was a big dog, real powerful thing. And the guy had a big, big leash on it, real heavy leash. And I didn't say anything to him other than, hey, how you doing? And I, I was walking as fast as I could. But I stopped, and I watched as this couple took the dog down towards where I had just come out of the woods, and the dog went nuts. 
and mm-hmm. took everything you had to hold on to that dog. So you tell me. Mm. That's interesting. So you heard. So the whining. Can you? Can you? Can you give us your best impersonation <laughs> of the whining? <laughs> Just imagine a bratty two-year-old huh. wanting okay. something. It was like, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, oh. Thinking it was another thing, a hike or something with a kid because you run across it once in a while, but it wasn't. Mm. And the and sound actually... moved? The sound moved. The sound moved. It, like, was luring me in. And as I was trying to get out, as I was trying to leave, it got real loud. It was, like, behind me. Mm. So it's like it's so, trying to keep me there or get me in deeper. I'm not sure exactly what was going on, but I tell you one thing: I wasn't sticking around. So, did, and you say in association with this, you heard some heavy footsteps. I heard two. And okay, just like stomp, stomp. It was like something stomped, but you could feel the earth vibrate. So it had to have been close. Hmm. You know, so I've heard about big. that um, that sound that you're talking about, Pat. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard people say different things like that um, related to, like, well, for example, Paul from Paul Hayes from Janosco. Now he's heard like a whining sound before. Um, and, it, and when you follow it, it moves further away, and then you, you know, move towards it, and it moves further away. Now I've mm-hmm. heard that before, but I I don't think I've ever heard it sound like a um, a two year old child. And that's very interesting, and um, it just kind of gives me the creeps to hear to hear that. It's almost mm-hmm. like it wants you to follow it out into the woods. Absolutely, that's that's the impression I got too. Once it dawned on me, wasn't it? Dummy, you're out here by yourself. <laughs> but um, the footsteps convince me to go quickly. So when when you're out and you're doing solo research by yourself, what kind of technology do you take with you? Do you you know are you trying to videotape? What's your goal of for for uh, your research? Uh, right now, I'm gathering uh, equipment. I just got a good uh, um, recorder. Uh, um, looking around to getting a uh, video uh, system going on. You know, I've got a great one in my cell phone, but yeah, but that's limited. Um, so I'm gathering as as we speak. Uh, eventually, hopefully, I hope to find one. But if I don't, that's okay. You know. So you're gonna just out there to have like see if you have any more experiences, and I mean, are you? Are you documenting, I mean, how much documentation are you doing? Or or you're just trying to go out and see if you see anything or? Well, right now, um, whenever I go out, I take like 100 pictures. And I'll break them down on my computer and see if I can find anything. I mean, I found snakes and other critters, but uh, nothing yet that on that proportion or that size. Um but that's what I do. Every time I go out, I take 
like 100 pictures, and I will break it down because I have some good camera equipment. Um, If I just bought the recorder, if I I wish I would have had it then when I heard the whining, maybe I'll be lucky enough to hear it again and can record it. Um, Other than that, I don't know. Uh, My next step will be starting to do camping in the area and see Mm -hmm. what I can, you know, can find at night. So, so you've pretty much been limited to uh, daytime outings at this point. Yes, I am. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, still uh, pretty brave to go out there by yourself when you're with the idea mm-hmm. of looking for Bigfoot. Right, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's braver than I am. I can tell you that. No, it's not too much brave. It's just. You know, if it wanted to do me and it could have done me in all those years ago. And nobody would have known advisor, you know? Right, right. And back to that, Pat, when you when you saw that that thing, did you were you scared, shocked? I mean, what was your initial emotional feelings towards what was happening? Well, if I would have had to go to the bathroom, I would have. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's an honest answer. Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm honest. I'm honest with nothing else. The first impression I had was like, oh, God, what the hell is that? Because uh, I had no clue what that could be. Uh, I'd seen there. You know, that was nothing. I mean, like I said, we have small black bear here, and that's pretty much it as far as bear go. So I had seen many of those, and not even close. Not even mm-hmm. Um And then it finally dawned on me, I said, dumb it. You know, this has got to be a Bigfoot, but it doesn't, the color's wrong. So I didn't know for a lot of years until I started getting back into Facebook and, and to the people uh that are also looking for Bigfoot, and that's when I, when people are going, hey, yeah, I could be white. Damn, really? <laughs> I thought I had lost my cotton pick in mind. I really did hear from him. Yeah, so it didn't make any noises at you at all? It didn't growl or it well, just see, watched you at the side? That's what surprised me. Now, I don't know what got my attention because I was not facing the ravine. I was facing the hill where the deer were at, which was kind of towards the left. The ravine was on my right. So I wasn't even facing it, which is why it could sneak up on me. And they were going wow. it. So, you know, but uh, for whatever reason, I was halfway to the deer, and all of a sudden I had that feeling I was in trouble. I was in trouble, and that's what so you I had was that, with you. Hmm? you. You had a feeling that you were in trouble before you even saw it. Yes. Okay, I can relate so, to that feeling. So I don't know if did you, you made a noise or what. So you had that feeling, and did you start? Did you look, then look around? Is that how you you ended up seeing it? Well, my thought was, look, I have made this horrendous mistake, and I'm going to die. Wait, hey, you know, to a man a teenager, so, what can I say? Um, yeah. That I was going to die, but I wanted to see what the hell was going to kill me. 
and that's when I looked over wow. and saw it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I've I've had that same exact feeling that you're describing. Isn't that crazy? But I didn't see anything. I I backed up and went into the the camper and locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was alone for miles and miles, too, and I was like, no, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's right. giving me that feeling. Yeah, I know that <laughs> feeling. <laughs> but I don't need to see it, you said. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm I'm happy just to know that I felt it before I, it was serious and you all oh, right. going out in the camper, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going in the camper now. Let's... But, um... <laughs> That's the next morning when I found those prints, two sets of prints right behind my camper. So, um, but there is, but there yeah, is something can... to people's people's intuition in the woods. I mean, we have mm-hmm. a little exactly. bit of. Exactly. Uh, I was taught we had a, a gentleman out with us this weekend, Mike, that had a sighting really near where our research area is, and he actually took us to. Um, he had a, he and his wife actually. Um, had the sighting back in 2003, and I mean, probably within a mile of where our research area is, um, and he took a bunch of us over there and took us to where um, he he was actually it was his wife's first time out in the woods with him, and, oh, and he, wow. they were hunting, and uh, they didn't get too far off the road, and um, she had felt the call of nature. And uh, he's like, really here? You know, and so she took care of her business, and he hears movement, um, like, within 100 yards of where they're at. He's saying, okay, there's a deer, you know, or an elk coming through the brush. And Mm -hmm. um, he sees what he perceives as an elk head start to push through the brush and raises his rifle and sees a face. And uh, and the face, uh, he, he he immediately drops his rifle, thinking that he just drew up on on a, another hunter. And he's like, mm-hmm. wow. pissed off, and and he's gonna, you know, and um, he he says something, and, and when he sees the face, it's looking to the right of where they actually are, and um, his wife is actually looking at, looking through binoculars and sees it. And uh, so they're still looking. She, he says, I, I just, I, you know, I just pointed at a guy. And she says, well, he, he's still looking at it, or he's still looking at us. And he looks back through the binoculars, and then he mm-hmm. realizes that it's not a, a, a person or an elk. And uh, it sees him and pulls back through the brush. And he actually followed it and up to where it went down and into a ravine and, like, said, okay, I'm not going you. Know, I'm not going to follow it down there. But he has, uh, he's had a couple of other um, experiences. One where he felt like something was coming up behind him. Best he could tell, a log was thrown through some ferns behind him. So, um, mm. I, and I've had that feeling out in the woods um, a couple different times. Oh, big thing. And, you know, you don't know that it, I, I'm not saying that every time we have it, uh, it came, Intuition of danger that it's safe, but we do, you know, for, we we seem to have a feeling for for danger for like for cougars and and bears mm-hmm. and, and yeah. So 
it's interesting because yeah. that's pretty consistent with people that they they will have some kind of like their danger radar goes off. I guess some people have it more sensitive than others. Right. I think hunters. Yeah. I think we you know we have a tendency to have it. Um, it gets doled down because of we don't use it a lot. You know, if you don't right. go out hunting, you don't spend a lot of time in the woods. You're not as apt to mm-hmm. to uh, have a fine tuned. And I and I I've never went hunting in my life. And uh, it's funny because when my buddy Larry and I had a weird experience where he felt we were being escorted out of the area we were in, my my brain was like was not did not have self preservation. It was like what the hell is that? I was trying to figure out what it was, and he's like, "We need to get out of here." <laughs> so, and he's he's a seasoned hunter and stuff, so it was a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'd listen to him. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I, we had our lights off, and when he I we turned our lights back on, and he's got his hand on his gun. I'm like, okay, and I've never seen him be like nervous like that in the woods, and we got the heck out of there. So. Oh yeah, you know, it's like when you have a tree come down you know, on the, your uh, trail just before you hit mm-hmm. that patch and the tree comes down. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Have you had that experience too, Pat? Oh, yes. Uh, I had yeah. the last one was a branch that came down right behind me. I about scared the Jesus out of me. I grabbed my pack and I took off. <laughs> I didn't look twice. I mm, don't want to know. I'm gone. Because <laughs> I know that, that Shane had uh, the experience of a tree being, the perception was that a tree was pushed over. I mean, a tree fell over it in association with some other, you know, vocalizations and and stuff. And in the middle of the day with no wind, you know, it's it's. Uh, I haven't had that experience, but uh, that would be startling. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it just depends. I mean, I've had been growled at before, and they keep telling me, well, it's deer. Well, that's fine, because I, I know deer. I've, I've run into a lot of them, and I've heard them screeching and bellowing and doing all kinds of noises. You know, they're not happy that I'm there, but hey, you know. But uh, we scared each other a few times here and there, and but uh, I don't think it was a deer. I just don't think it was, and you're not going to convince me it was. But... Uh, there was something there. One time in, I was going by a ditch in a uh, different location, going by a uh, deep ditch. Uh, the creek was very low. It was dry, and uh, I heard something growling. And I was like, oh, I'm gone. Because I saw something brown move, and I thought maybe it was a bear or something, but I don't think it was a bear. just don't think it was a bear. It's almost too big, you know? You kind of get that perception that it was just too big. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. it was like Montana, I would think it was a grizzly. But like I said, our bear to here are not that big. Oh well. Hmm. Another mystery, I guess. So, so what? What's the most interesting um, since you've been researching? What's the most interesting experience that you've had that you? Uh, that you think that you tend to lean towards being Bigfoot or or uh, not knowing what it was. Well, I'd rather know what it, what it is. I want to know. Um, 
I'm not one to sit in the shadows for long. Um, I'm usually the, the squeaky wheel. I want to know. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember being on a trail one time. Uh, it was three or four miles from the one where, where I heard the, the uh, whining at, several miles up the trail. Um, and I remember just getting that feeling. There's something watching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in these all the time, and, and most of the time, it's just a regular old hike. There's nothing going on. You know, you just see the normal deer and what have you. You know, even occasional skunk. But just get that feeling. My word. It's just something. You know, you, you go 100 yards, you turn around all the way around, just to make sure nothing's following you. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, so what, places like that. So mm-hmm. you're gonna, you're the next step for you is to do do some overnight outings, some camping out in the in the the research area that you go to. Yes. And is that that's something you're gonna start this as the weather cooperates this year, or? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about that uh, probably when I get back. Um, Looking in August probably is when I'll start overnighting it there. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about your research or or your experiences or? Um, the shoot, I mean, besides uh, meeting a lot of great people uh, on mm-hmm. Facebook and the great subject of, of uh, Bigfoot and what have you. Um, Right now, I'm still in the learning stage. Uh, probably will be for the rest of my life, but that's all right. I can deal with that. Um, these great folks are teaching me a whole lot of things I hadn't considered before and keeping my behind safe out there, whether they know it or not. Um, Ms. Sam, um, the, your next uh, guest will be Sam, and he keeps the... Uh, telling me what kind of uh, weapon I need to buy just to make sure that I am safe out there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, these days you never know, you know. Crazy people out there. Crazy critters, too. Um, I'll keep going out until I can't anymore. I will keep going out. Well, I'd sure like to well, come we... down there when you're ready to camp out overnight. Oh, yeah, you know. You have a standing invitation. Great. You're not that far from me. <laughs> no worries. No worries. We can deal. <laughs> we can deal. Well, I sure appreciate I appreciate you coming on, Pat. I know you uh and this is the first time you've told your story um in a on a public format, isn't it? Yes it is. Well, you did great. Well, you I appreciate you joining story. us. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you joining us today, Pat, and uh let us know how how uh, your research goes, and and we'd uh, love to hear uh, if you find something, you know, have something exciting happen. Give us a, a holler. You can always go on our our Facebook page and share it. Oh, uh, we'll do. All well, right, thanks, thank you for having me. Oh, thank oh yeah, you. anytime. Okay, okay, we'll talk later. Care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pat. So uh, that's, I mean, interesting, uh, kind of a lifelong, you know, 
journey to becoming uh, a field researcher for Bigfoot in, in Pat's case. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems uh, like a lot of people um, my age and, and up, the Boggy Creek was one of the factors that really intrigued people. I hear that a lot. You know, the Boggy Creek well, movie, the Patterson film. For um, me, it was the... It was the the movie Sasquatch: The Legend of Bigfoot, which like came out. Mm-hmm. I actually saw it in a movie theater, which, um, and I watched it on uh, Netflix not too long ago, and it's like that's still pretty good. It was a uh, kind of about an expedition, a group going looking for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, the Boggy Creek is a big one for people that that uh, kind of was what became an introduction. Of uh, to a lot of people, and of course the Patterson Gimlin film classic. Um, I know that was one of the things that piqued my interest. That in search of, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the typical. And I and and it's it's funny because I've always found that there's um, there seems to be like three doors that people come into Bigfooting. One is John Green's books, you know, in search of Patterson Gimlin film uh, at Boggy Creek and other, other other movies about Bigfoot. One is they have a person, or two, they have a personal encounter. I mean, that that seems to either drive people into Bigfooting or, or people like, I'm not going back in the woods anymore. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and the third is, like, they get drugged into it by a friend <laughs> or, right. or, a, or a spouse, a significant other. So like uh, that's that's uh, my lady Susan that goes out with me and her and and uh, her son Jake uh, have become Bigfoot enthusiasts uh, by my enthusiasm about it. So um, it's kind of fun, and we will go out looking and um, and they they're fans of you know finding Bigfoot and and uh, it it's it's cool to share that with. Uh, people that you uh, care about, so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Excuse me. Um, so this this weekend, Shane, like I said, Shane and I went out with uh, our friend, our buddy Larry, our, our uh, other research partner, Jess was there, and and uh, Cindy, and some folks then from, from, uh, uh, that joined us as uh, that aren't regular members of our research team, and uh, from what I hear, we didn't didn't have. I mean, during the day we didn't have anything really happen, uh, but one of the the things that uh, we do a lot of is audio recording. We will have you know maybe ten recorders out at one time, and then uh, a little, somebody actually has to then go and listen to those. Shane has already um, was listening to some of the, his recordings that he did last night and had, said he had some some interesting um, stuff on the recording. We haven't had a chance to talk about it at length because I was getting ready for the show. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I didn't hear anything last night, but uh, one of our guests asked me this morning if I had heard, um, he heard some loud knocks um, in the middle of the night, a, a couple different times. So, uh, 
think Shane had some. Uh, I think Shane's actually on the line and had some stuff that he would uh, be willing to share with us. So I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Great. Bring him, holler at him here. Mr. Carlson, how are you? Doing well, Gunner. Doing well. Enjoyed the the last uh, listening in on the last. Uh, uh, encounter in, in subsequent, uh, you know, possible encounters and stuff. So, good show so far. Looking forward to uh, uh, Sam getting on the show here. So, so it was a pretty quiet weekend. I mean, I, it was always fun to get out in the woods, and and uh, we got, you know, we had the, a lot of rain last night. It was, it was good Friday night. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It was generally pretty quiet. It, at least it appears. One of one of the things I was talking about is that we're you know we really do a lot of audio recording and it's interesting how many times where it may appear to be quiet um, or or it's quiet till everybody's asleep and then mm-hmm. um, you can get some really interesting stuff on audio and it sounds like uh, you recorded some stuff that that uh, is of interest. Yeah, you know, the purpose of this weekend was to get out and try some new things, some new techniques. You know, I, I uh, <clears throat> was up in a tree. I went up, you know, 60-plus feet in a tree and, and spent uh, a lot of hours up there flaring and therming based on some recent activity. And uh, that was my goal was to kind of a test run to test this out. And I had, fortunately had some good weather for it. You know, and we got uh, a large group of uh, um, of the Tillamook Forest out there <clears throat> and some Limp Project members out there, so that was fun. Uh, now with the audio, yeah, you know, you know when when you're out doing your thing, you know, and you know pe- people are just noisy. We try to be quiet; we're noisy, but you know, you, you settle down. Uh, you know, lots. You know, this weekend we were, I think, all in bed by one thirty-two at the latest. I know I was two. Two was well, two two thirty was the latest I would go to bed, and you know, I always place audio out because you just, and you know, once everybody settles down, you know. You're not awake. You don't know what's going on, obviously. And audio is a key component, I think, of this research. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've pr- I think we've proven that time and time again with some of the stuff we've recorded, and many others have recorded. Um, you know, yeah, I got some uh, peculiar stuff this weekend. You know, it was pretty quiet overall. You know, uh, and and this was a time for experimentation and uh, collaborating. You know, with a you know some research involved and. So the audio is always easy thing to do and place out. And yeah, I, I picked up some interesting things. I have yet to put it on a visualizer, but uh, there there are some very interesting things on there, and we get those periodically in these areas. And uh, yeah, I'm interested in looking at this visually and uh, sharing it with my buddy Larry Turner and David Ellis of Loon Project, getting looking at mm-hmm. visually. And uh, so uh, we will. Uh, <clears throat> What's that? So you were up in the tree. You climbed. I mean, you were quite a ways up there. What, forty-five, fifty feet up the tree? Yeah, and, at uh, least I, I actually was closer. Uh, I actually went further than I I originally planned. So I was closer to sixty. Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty far up there, you know. And uh, with a goal I mean, what was your of purpose? The, you, yeah, go ahead. You have. Yeah. I mean, you've yeah. been talking about doing this for quite a while. And mm-hmm. and uh, what was your purpose for climbing up the tree? Remembers the purpose of the was, yeah, yeah. Well, it was to to v- be able to view some of the areas of interest from an advantage point. Uh, we, you know, a lot of times in our camping, one of our camping areas, we're kind of down in the gully. So I wanted to be above this. I wanted to be above where uh, we've had possible activity and, and sightings and st- such. Uh, so I wanted to be above that. I wanted to place myself in an area where 
I'm a little more concealed in a thick um, pine tree, and uh, you know, fortunately, we didn't have much wind, so scent wasn't a huge factor. And I did take precautions to kind of conceal myself. Uh, so it was to flare from a, a, a high point and view um, not just the our camping arrangement, but the surrounding areas to see if anything was coming in. Uh, ba- you know, a couple weeks ago, Cindy uh, Cadell and I were out, and we we uh, got something on flare that was um, very interesting. And uh, I I. I just didn't feel that it was the right uh, way to flare this thing. Uh, whatever it was, you know, it was very interesting. Um, but I thought, you know, if I can get up in a tree and view this area. Um, I have a much better uh, area to reference and look at. So, uh, uh, and I was surprised, you know, when I got up there uh, after doing the experimentations and whatnot, that, yeah, I had a great vantage point and I could be very silent and stealthy and view. Uh, 360, um, the camping arrangements and the areas of interest that I wanted to view through the flare, and I could record those areas and um, kind of put myself just, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you're just, you're just experimenting. You're just, you're doing something right. out of the norm that I've not heard anybody do. Maybe there's others that do that. You know, hunters, they do some weird things, but I've not heard anybody they try this tr- method yeah. yet. Yeah, I mean, hunters use tree stands and stuff to be up above and to have that vantage point uh, right. above their their game or their prey. So um, yeah, you had a little bit of a you had a little bit of an unfortunate incident while up in the tree, as I <laughs> I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, the happy new owner of a of a fleer. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, make sure you tie your lanyard on properly. I was trying to switch from flare to flare. I was trying to do, test the uh, different flare units that I had on me, and I played plinko with one of them. And fortunately, mm-hmm. I didn't lose, but I didn't win. So basically, the flare didn't break. <laughs> uh, Pulsar, uh, Quantum, they make some great stuff, very hardy. Uh, and so I had <laughs> to climb all the way back down, unfortunately, and oh. uh, pick it up, I and it was fine. I met you on the ground. I, like, yeah, I met you on the ground. I said, what are you doing down here? <laughs> I thought you were up in the yeah. tree. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, trial and error. And uh, yeah. I sat up there for 10 minutes going, uh, I didn't want to come down because I thought it was going to be busted. <laughs> Thank God it yeah. was uh, oh, all there. Yeah, thank God it was all there. Yeah. And uh, that's, like I said, experimentation. I, I will never do that again, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward because we've had enough uh, activity, you know, and we hear a lot of, like, branches breaking. Um, and sometimes, you know, that in itself isn't that interesting, but in association with some other, when you have a vocalization and, and branches break in and, you know, I think you it's important that we got um, have collaborating corroborating evidence, and it'd be awesome to. And now you you have the ability to film or record from your Flitter, correct? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we have multiple uh, rec- we have multiple recording players now, so going to uh, be exciting um, during the the warmer months when uh, we have a little bit less rain and a little bit better temperature and. Hopefully no wind, uh, but uh, yeah, no exciting times and you know just another idea thrown out there may work, may pan out, may not, but no venture uh, taken is no venture gained. So uh, see what Absolutely. happens. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, Shane. Yeah, I, thanks. I appreciate you giving us the update, and 
I think we're ready to uh, bring Sam on and, and share his encounter. So we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep. Great show, guys. Thanks. Talk to you later. See you. Thanks. Thanks. Interesting. I mean, it, yeah, it was a fortunate that, uh, and fortunate that it wasn't worse that he dropped his his finger uh-huh. the first time wow. way up in a tree. So, uh, yeah, he's lucky yeah. it didn't shatter. Bruce has asked him if you know why he couldn't bring it up to him, and I know that's that's Shane's gig, uh, not so much mine. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I mean, he's he's a monkey. He climbed up the tree without. You know, without rope or gear or ladder or anything, he just climbed up the tree. So, and it's in an area where we've had a lot of other interesting activities. So, awesome. um, without, uh, I, I like, I'm ready to. Uh, Julie, are you ready for Sam? Yeah, let's get Sam on. Sam. All right, I am ready there? for Sam. Here he is. Oop, All right, but right. Sam, welcome huh? to Monster X Radio. Uh, hello. Hey, Hi, Sam. Sam. Better hey, here with Julie. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome you're to there Mark's with Rex. troubles, what you're there with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. I will. He will. <laughs> Don't forget, <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> Good well, luck finding it. <laughs> are in the same, uh, the lovely state of Ohio. Yes. So for for Monster X listeners, Sam, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, uh, ex-military, uh, yeah, <clears throat> worked as a, a auto mechanic until three years ago when I got uh, into a car wreck and ended up in a wheelchair. So I heard hear that. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at now. Um. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, grew up out in the sticks. Uh, was always in the woods as a kid. Uh, dirt biking, hunting, yeah, ginsenging, mushroom hunting. Yeah, had convinced myself if anything existed around here, I had seen it. Because uh, you know, through the years, I had witnessed animals that people that lived here said didn't exist around here, like, you know, wolves, coyotes, which now people all admit they're here, but back in the late 70s, early 80s, they weren't, you know, cougar, uh, black bear, yeah, so I thought if it was here, I'd seen it, yeah, but I guess I hadn't. <laughs> and that was all down there in southeast Ohio, right? Yeah, down the Hocking Hills. The Hocking Hills, okay. Uh, the dirt a biking very was. Good area. Uh, the dirt biking was mostly in the Hocking Hills and in Vinton County. Okay. And it's all out in the sticks. Yeah. So you spent a lot but, of time out in the woods. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, most days when I got home from school, I, I jumped on a three-wheeler or a dirt bike, and I was gone. Yeah, during mm-hmm. the summer, yeah, friends and I would camp out in the woods, you know, either with the dirt bikes or we would canoe down the, the creeks and camp out for days on end and 
we'd get somewhere and call the parents and they'd come pick us up. You know, you can't do that type stuff anymore. You know, thank uh-huh. God I was a, a teenager in the eighties. You know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Sam, so the whole time, what 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 got you in? What what was your um, entry into to Bigfooting? What what made you pique your curiosity? Well, you know, like uh, like you guys and Pat were talking. You know, I grew up as a kid, you know, watching In Search of, uh, you know, Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, I had uh, read some books about it, uh, did an essay about it in high school. You know, I'd always had an interest, but had always figured if it existed, it was out in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. You know. It wasn't in Ohio, you know. <laughs> so had never really even considered the fact that they were around here. Uh, and then uh, uh, back in 1997, uh, it was like right before harvest season. Uh, I I lived right next door to a field that my landlord at the time rented to a couple farmers. And, you know, they would have different crops in there every year with the rotation, and that particular year was soybeans. And it's getting to be late at night because my wife and son, who was only uh, a little over a year old at the time, were already in bed. And I worked third shifts. Uh, I was used to being up late, even on my days off. And, you know, I'm sitting downstairs watching TV, and I hear I had three dogs outside. Uh, they were three brothers. They were all chow and timber wolf mix. And two of them was dumb as a brick, and one was, <laughs> boy, he was smart. But I hear all hell break loose outside. And yeah, I had just about a month earlier killed a wild boar in the backyard. So I thought maybe we had another one. And I kept a, a shotgun by the back door. And, you know, I uh, get ready to go out. Well, my wife was sleeping on a, a futon downstairs, and she hears me at the door, and she asks what I'm doing, and I tell her that, you know, I think we got another pig or something out here. I'm going outside. And I step out and look towards the dogs, and they're all three looking out into this field. You know, two of them raising hell the dumb ones, and the smart one is hiding in his dog box. Now, this this is the dog that, you know, just like a month earlier, had snapped his chain and was fighting a wild boar in my backyard shortly before I killed it. Wow. So he's so not a wimp. So having fears of, of your everyday known creatures out there. No. No, you know, he was 130 pounds of fur and fang, and he was a tough dog. 
but he's hiding in his dog box. And he's also you know, smart. I look out into, yeah, I look out into the field with the. I've got a, a two million candle power spotlight at the time, and I shine it out into the field, and I see sticking up out of the soybeans a reddish brown hump, and it's about a hundred yards out. You know. So I automatically think I've got another boar out here, you know, and it's too far for the 12 gauge that I had grabbed. So, you know, the wife has stepped to the back door to see what's going on. And I tell her to hand me my rifle and she brings it out. And the whole time I'm keeping my eyes on this thing in the soybean field, and it's not moving. And, uh, and you you still have the light fixed on it. Right. Okay. And, uh, well, I hand her the 12-gauge, and when I took my eyes off of it for just a split second to look over and grab the rifle and look back, it's no longer a hump just sticking a couple feet up out of the soybeans. It's Standing, mm. and you know, my brain just basically took a crap because I have no idea what I'm looking at. You know, it was just shock. Um, you know, and before I could even react, well, it takes off running for the edge of the field, which is only oh, maybe fifty yards from it. And it covers that distance in no time. Uh, I had a hard time keeping up with it with the spotlight. Uh, I couldn't have fixed a gun on it if I wanted to. Um, it was just going too fast. Well, right at the edge of the field is a, a creek that from bank to bank is about 15 feet. And it leaked it. And up the side of the hill into the woods it goes, and I hear trees and limbs and everything snapping and cracking. I run back into the house. I told the wife to get the baby and get her ass upstairs. And she went up to the bedroom with the baby, and I spent the whole night sitting. Well, there was an archway between the kitchen and living room. And you could see the hole downstairs from that archway in it to where I could keep an eye on windows, doors, everything. And I sat in that archway the whole night with an SKS on my lap and a 12-gauge next to me and didn't sleep a late. It, it freaked me out. Um you know, next morning I, I called a group of my buddies and told them, you know, grab the biggest gun you got and get your butt over here. And walked down into the field. Uh, you know, we were able to find from the where the soybeans were tore up. We were able to find where it had ran through the field, but being just dry dirt, 
there was like no distinguishable tracks. It was just big ass tracks. Yeah, nothing you could have cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we proceeded across the creek and found the the trail that it led up through the woods. You know, it wasn't hard to follow. Uh, it found up to like five inch trees, just snapped off like five six feet up off the ground. Wow. And uh, it ran up into, there's a big apple orchard up on the hill. And it ran up into the apple orchard. And once it hit the orchard, we lost it. You know, there was no trail after that because it's wide open spaces. Uh, But we followed the trail for several hundred yards up to there. Uh, Yeah, it changed my point of view real quick. Now, did well, you tell you your buddies what what you saw? Did you did you say, "Hey, um, something yeah. was standing two feet or two legs out there in my field"? And about how yeah. tall did you think it was? Every bit of eight foot. Okay. Did they believe uh, you when you said? Well, that it was- uh, a couple did. Uh, a couple asked me what I'd been drinking. Uh, a couple asked me what I'd been smoking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of tells us what your friends were like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my friends are hillbillies and rednecks, you know. So, <laughs> you know that would be the uh, appropriate responses from them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, I mean, when you, okay. you first saw this hump in the in out in the field, you're yes. Your first impression was that it was a a wild hog. Yeah, correct. That was what I thought because, like I said, mm-hmm. I had just killed one, still had a lot of it in my freezer. And yeah. so you turn around, you turn around and come back, and it's it's now it's something. Uh, now it's not a hog, obviously. Um, right. And it takes off takes off running. I mean, what what's going to your mind? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an honest response. Uh, it, what, uh, you're, you're, go ahead. It, it flipped me out. Uh, probably the, the most scared I've ever been in my life. Because yeah, you just totally don't expect that shock. Uh, well, your, what was your your reference um, as far as uh, Bigfoot prior to having this encounter? Uh, like I said, I I thought, you know, I believed it existed. Mm-hmm. There's too much. If you read up on it, there's just too much to say. There's nothing. You know, but I really figured. It was like in, you know, British Columbia, uh, you know, Oregon, Idaho, Washington, uh, out in that area. Yeah, yeah I never dreamed even... it was. Mm-hmm. The the thought it was in Go Ohio ahead. never even crossed my mind. Hmm. And it's so it's interesting to find out. I mean, that Ohio has one of the highest concentrations of. 
Bigfoot reports of anywhere in yeah. the mm-hmm. United States. Well, at that time, I didn't even know that. Uh, well, yeah. you know, I had grew I up, up watching the shows and stuff. I had read some books in school. But after I went in the military and then started a family and got working, it wasn't something I studied, you know. Um, that was a childhood fascination, in my opinion, you know. But uh, after that, yeah, it, it changed my point of view. Yeah, the uh, the really funny part is my wife was originally from British Columbia, Canada, up in the northern part. Uh, you know, so far north, she went to high school on a ham radio. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. I actually met her when I was stationed out in Washington State. Uh, drinking age in Canada was 18. I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. We were going to Vancouver, and she was in Vancouver going to college. And we met at a bar, and six months later, we were married. But uh, when I came back in and told her to get upstairs, and she's like, you know what? Because from her vantage point on the back porch, she couldn't see it. And uh, the porch is like a little nook in the side of the house. And it's surrounded by three walls. So she couldn't see it. And I'm freaking out, and I tell her, you know, I think I just saw a Bigfoot. And her response was, oh, that's all? What? (laughs) I'm like, that's all? What what do you mean that's all? And she's like, sausages, is she... Is she usually downplay stuff pretty much, or no, no? But uh, you know, she grew up riding horses. She lived on a big horse ranch up there, and she uh, there's pictures of her riding horses before she could walk. So you know, she was always on horseback, and she said, "Yeah, they exist." And I'm like, what do you mean they exist? And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure I've had glimpses of them from time to time as a kid. Wow. You know, so it was like nothing to her, but, you know, I told her, I don't care. Get your ass upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, protect my kid. Right. (laughs) Now, when it stood up, did you see Einstein? No. Um. I didn't notice eyeshine. There might have been, uh, but I didn't notice it. I uh, It was far enough away I didn't notice it, like features of face or anything. Uh, there was no odor. I heard you ask okay. Pat that about her. Uh, I detected no odor. Uh, you know, that, uh, that, that incident... All I noticed was reddish brown, but I noticed that before it stood up. And uh, after it stood up, uh, I'm not sure I'd have noticed even that. Um, it shook me up pretty good because, 
like I said, I thought I knew everything that was out here. Yeah. Now, but I, looking I did. back on that, Sam, did you um, do you think that it was around your area? I mean, did you think back and maybe said you saw this or or heard that, or was it just bam, there it was? Well, uh, I had never noticed anything that caught my attention before that. Um, now. After, you know, once I started paying more attention, yeah, I noticed some things. And, you know, will you two shut up? Sorry, I got a, a new puppy and he's freaking out right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to know that you're talking to your puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, I thought you were uh, talking to us. <laughs> now I'm talking to a little dipshit that's being annoying right now. My son was supposed to be babysitting him during this, and then he just up and left. So, yeah. Teenagers. Right. But, uh, you know, once I started paying attention, there was things that I noticed. Um, you know, I have heard... Uh, I've never heard tree knocks, but I have heard vocalizations. Uh, the uh, Probably the weirdest one was we were all sitting out in the backyard around a campfire one night, and there's like me and two or three buddies, and we hear someone walking up on the hillside. You know, but it was heavy footsteps. I'm a 300-pound dude at six foot three. You know, I know what a heavy footstep sounds like, and this was bigger than me. And we all got quiet and started listening, and we ended up detecting, like, two or three, maybe four different beings walking around up on the hill in the woods. And, you know we started hearing what I called chatter. It it literally sounded like, like you could hear a conversation through a wall, but you couldn't make out what they were saying. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And we were hearing it from different areas and it was in different tones. You know, some were a little higher than others. Some were a little lower than others. I swear we were sitting here listening to a group talk that was probably on the hillside watching us sit around the campfire. Uh, yeah. Maybe they were, maybe the squatches were doing a podcast or something. They're talking about it. They were, they were uh, studying hitting. us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and what was the know, time frame in relation to your sighting that you have heard this? Oh, it's been, uh, I've even, uh, I bought a place and moved down the road from where I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's down here at the new house, so it was at least a couple years after that, uh, you know, I was listening to this chatter. Um, Yeah. Now, my 
course, my wife passed away in 05, and our son was only eight years old, so I, I had to give up my job as a, a truck driver and you know, get something local to take care of my boy and something with better hours. Um, that's when I started noticing a lot of stuff because I was here at the house a lot more. Um, you know, one of, uh, one of my friends actually moved in for a while to help with the boy and he was living in a camper out behind my garage and, uh, he had a couple instances out there that freaked him out and, uh, yeah, the one middle of the night, I hear someone beating on my door, and I go to the back door, and it's him. Looks like he's just seen a ghost, and says that he'll never sleep out there again until I loan him a gun. <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, his camper was a pop-up, you know, the tent sides, uh-huh. and I had a 500-watt uh, halogen spotlight in the backyard. Uh, I had one on all four sides of the house. I lit her up like Christmas down here. And I wanted to know what was in my yard at night. Mm-hmm. And he was laying out there asleep, and he had been building a, a dog kennel that day, so he had some fencing stretched through the backyard. And he heard... The fencing rattled. It was chain link laying on the ground. And it woke him up. Well, he sees a shadow on the the tent, you know, the camper side. And he thinks it's me sneaking out there to scare him. You know. So he's going to lay there perfectly quiet and not uh, move and wait until I do something and then try to scare me. Well, as it approaches, he notices that it's getting awful big Mm. on the side of this camper. And, you know, when it reaches over and touches the tent material, rubs its hand on the tent material, it's not on the side. It's touching the tent material up by the metal roof. Yeah, a good eight foot off the ground is where it's touching the tent material. And that's a queen size bed, so you can imagine how deep back into the tent material it's reaching, you know, over top of this camper. And he's laying there watching this, and his mind's already figuring up Sam's 6'3, there's no way. <laughs> Well, he laid there without making a peep, and it walked down there. Behind my garage is another creek, and it walked down and through the creek and up the hill. And, you know, the the thing that really stuck in his mind is uh, my dog Bubba, which was the smart one. By this time, he's the only one that's still around. Um. it walked right through the area that Bubba's chained up in, and he never heard a peep out of Bubba. You know, 
Bubba never barked, never made a noise. Mm-hmm. If it had been That's a human, not a good sign. Right. If it had been a human, Bubba would have tore it a shred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of freaked him out. And after he had heard it walk off, he waited about 10 minutes and he hit the back door like Flash. Yeah, slept wow. in on the couch that night and he was in here probably a week before he went back out and when he went out he had a semi-automatic weapon with him. <laughs> wow. Now did he know about the uh, your encounter previously? Yes. And I had okay. told him and he was actually one of them that was sitting out around the campfire with me. Oh. But wow. he still said I was full of shit. Oh. That, that you know, nope, that thing don't exist. Uh, you're you're full of it. And, you know, I was like, dude, you sat right here and listened to him one night. He's like, well, I don't know what I was listening to, but it wasn't Bigfoot. You know, well, he's a firm believer now. Wow. So he could uh, see the, the handprint in the material of the tent when it touched the material? Yeah. He could see the the shadow of it above the tent, and he could see where it was pushing in the material, like denting in. It was right above his head. Uh, Uh, Couldn't have been three foot from his head. Did he hear anything, or did he even mention that, you know, did it make any sounds? He said all he heard was the chain link rustle. Okay. Wow. And walking. He never heard a vocalization or nothing. Um, Mm. And he didn't detect a smell. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Now, the other incident that he had out there in that camper is, like I said, there's a creek there, and his camper's within 20 foot of the creek. And we had had a torrential downpour one evening. And he's out there going to bed, and he hears splashing, but it's like downstream a good ways. And, you know, he thought either deer or something that jumped in the creek or, you know, rocks had fell off the bank, something. But then as he's listening, laying there, getting ready to go to sleep, it's walking, and it's walking closer, coming upstream. Now, we had had a huge downpour that evening. The water was running at least two, two and a half foot deep, and it was just flowing like a beast. And this thing's walking up the creek, and it walked right past and went around the bend, and he said he could hear it for a good ways past that, but, you know, once it got off into the distance where he couldn't hear it anymore, and uh, he said that uh, he uh, grabbed the gun and had it laying with him in the bed. <laughs> wow. you know. So uh, he believes so he, now. He's, yes. Yeah, he's firmly a convert. Yeah, he's called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he no longer calls me a retard, you know. 
So, Sam, you said you had, you once you um, changed your job situation and uh, were living full time in in your residence, not on the road so much. You you experienced uh, a lot of different things. Um, you, you talked about the the chatter. What other kinds of things have you had happened? This all happens like right where you're living, right? Yeah, yeah. I still live here. Um, well, I had a, a dumpster out in the, the front yard at the end of the driveway for quite a while. I was doing some home remods and building on an addition. So I had a new dumpster delivered. And it had been here maybe three weeks. And, you know, this thing, when they dropped it off, it looked brand new. There wasn't a scratch on it. And I step out one night to smoke a cigarette out into the front yard, and the dumpster's just far enough away from the house that you can't really see it at night. And I lit up my cigarette, and right as I lit that cigarette, I hear a loud bang, and I know it's that dumpster. Well, you know, I'm shielding my eyes from the light of the house, trying to block the light to where I can see out there, and I can't see anything. But then I heard this really low, like, guttural grunt. Uh, And it was three grunts, like two short and a long grunt. Well... I get back in the house. I grab a spotlight and, you know, I step out on the front steps and I hit the light out there and there's nothing. So I uh, just came back into the house and kind of left it that night. Well, the next morning, you know, I walked down to the end of the driveway to put my boy on the school bus. And we're standing right next to this dumpster. And I'm not even thinking about it at this point. And my son, uh, he would have been, I think, about nine at that time, says, wow, Dad, how'd you dent the dumpster? (laughs) And I look over, and the whole side of this four-yard dumpster is like, pushed in like a foot, foot and a half in in the middle of the plate. Oh, here we go. They're going to fight again. Evie, shut up. But, uh, you know, the whole side of the dumpster caved in. That was the bang that I had heard. Wow. It looked like I'd hit it with my truck. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so there what there was no food or anything in the dumpster. It was just uh building material and things like that. Well, it, it, we were using it for everything at that time. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, it was a, a four-yard dumpster. <clears throat> yeah, the we just stuck everything in there. So there there would have been food scraps and stuff in there. Okay, well that makes sense then. 
Yeah, but uh, wow, there's been a couple times that we have, you know, detected since uh, yeah that kind of musky, wet dog, skunky, not quite either one smell. Uh, but like I said, when I had my sighting, no scent. So that don't make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, there's just been kind of weird stuff for years out here now. I've had a couple friends that have seen it. Uh, wow. You know, right here in my backyard, uh, they were standing. We had heard noise, and we were spotlighting the hillside trying to find it, and one of my friends freaked out and unloaded his pistol into the side of the hill, swore that something had peeked around the tree and looked at him. You know? <laughs> I was like, dude, I didn't see anything. And he's like, I'm telling you, man, it looked at me. You know? <laughs> and I, I tend to believe him because that was the last time he was out here after dark. And that was eight years ago. Oh, wow. If it gets dusk, he's like, see you, dude. Bye. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, that's interesting. Fucking leaves. Well, when and, was the last time something happened out there, Sam? Uh, the last time that I noticed anything or uh, had anything happen was over three years ago. But yeah. since that time, I've been in the wheelchair, and I'm usually in the house. Yeah, right. I can't even go in my backyard. Uh, you know, I get off the the concrete I've got, and I'm stuck. So <laughs> I, I can't well, go out in the backyard no more. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. We had a question from one of the the folks in the chat room when. You had your encounter, and you you were spotlighting um, the the creature that you were looking at, and you uh, you thought at first it was a hog. I mean, how's how's that work? They they were asking if um, how you were going to spotlight it and shoot it at the same time. Easy, hold the light in one hand and prop the gun on that arm. There you go. I, yeah, that, you don't have to hold a gun with both hands. You can prop up on that arm. That's simple. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Whoever asked that never hunted. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, it was interesting because you said you were out smoking one time and, and had stuff happen. It's funny as how many times that there are people that are out smoking in rural areas or wooded areas and and uh, have have some, you know, they hear vocalizations or they hear when they see something or... Uh, so so smoking is good for Bigfooting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> the jerk, oh, I know, the like, Paul general, had his first encounter when he was smoking, he got growled at. Right, right. So, right. Well, it, it kind of makes sense because people who smoke are out at 
odd hours sometimes having a cigarette outside. You know, other people, non-smokers, don't have a reason to go outside like that. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Uh, so what other... Go ahead, Paul. Paul, I'm sorry. Paul. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, Paul Hayes, yeah. I had a flashback the last week. Gee, I'm moving up in the world. I'm the boss now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Move over, Paul. Sam's here. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, like, uh, I, I was talking about that dog, Bubba, which, you know, since then he has passed on. He had a massive stroke. Oh. He was 15, so he had a good run of it, and he was tough up until the day he died. Uh, But there was one night that I went outside to the garage. I was going out to grab something, and I can't even remember what the heck I had to grab at that time, but when I'm walking out there, I didn't see Bubba. And I I thought at first he had gotten loose because he was notorious for doing that. He would snap logging chains. Um, And I walk out there, and I'm looking all around for him, and I can't find him. And I walk over to the post that I have him chained to, and I grab the chain, and I start following it. figured I'm going to find his collar or a broken chain. But it goes over to this pile of leaves that I had getting ready to blow into the creek to get rid of. And I notice he's looking out of the pile of leaves looking at me. Wow. He had buried himself in this pile of leaves, and all you could see was his eyes and face. And I thought, oh, damn. You know, because it seemed like any time he was hiding or cowering, you better pay attention. And, yeah, that was one of the nights that I detected the odor, which really makes me think that that odor is associated with Bigfoot because I smelled it. He's hiding, and uh, I put Mm -hmm. two and two together. Uh, Yeah, I did hear some movement up on the hill, but it wasn't anything that you could distinguish. And it seemed to be a fairly good ways off. But, yeah, whatever it was had come through the area, and he had decided to hide. And, uh, Interesting. Well, did I, I he wish come I out, still had out, out of there? What? Did he come out of there when you when he saw that it was you standing there? Did he come on out of there, or did you have to coax him out? Oh, I tried pulling him out. He wasn't coming out. Wow. I ended up back in the house, and he was still in his pile of leaves. Yeah. Huh. He he wasn't coming out. He wasn't no fool. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Sam, that, I mean, Ohio has a, a lot of, you know, a, a big history of reports. Are there a lot of reports or, or reports that you're aware of in the area, you know, in your area? Uh, I I know that I've heard of a few through the years. Uh, It seems like a lot of the people down here don't really want to talk about it. You know, they, uh, 
which I know from my personal experience, you get called retarded a lot. Yeah, they uh, they don't bring it out much. And mm-hmm. I've heard of a couple uh, incidences where my personal belief is they encountered a Bigfoot. Their personal belief was they encountered a bear. And uh, I've I know the area they were in. It's actually my uncle's old property. Uh, a cousin of mine owns it now, and where he was at, it wasn't a bear. Uh, yeah, it was running around him in the dark, uh, and he was at the very bottom of a really steep ravine, and it was actually like going up and down the ravine around him at a high rate of speed. Was this at nighttime or day? Yes, this was at nighttime. It was dark. He had two Rottweilers with him that were trying to crawl up his ass. Wow. They were hiding between him and the tree he was leaned up against. Uh, And he was out there with a Mini 14 in a uh, he never got a, a look at what was doing it. He swears it was a bear, and I keep telling him a bear can run really good uphill but can't run downhill. And uh, you do any research, bears really fast going uphill. But because their back legs are longer than their front, they're not worth a darn going downhill. And this thing was running up and down the hill around him. And he figured it was 30 feet from him, from the sound. Mm. And that's only one holler over from my house. Well, that sounds uncomfortable. I I don't think I'd like that experience. It had him freaked out. And like I said, he's out there with a Mini 14. He had some substantial firepower, and it had him scared. And uh, and if you've got two big rots, they're both, you know, security trained, cowering between you and the tree. <laughs> right. That's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's not a good yeah, sign. Yeah, he still mm-hmm. he still thinks it was a bear. Is that right? Hmm. But it was. It was running up and down the hillside around him, you say? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was running circles around him, and it did this for like eight to ten minutes. Oh, no way. Yeah. And all he had on him was a little flashlight that was mounted on the end of his gun. And he has since then he, uh, invested in a bigger flashlight for the end of his gun. Mm. Yeah. But, so he uh, never saw anything. I mean, he didn't catch a he didn't catch a glimpse of what he just. This was all just he heard something going up and down the hillside quickly. Uh, he was catching eye shine. Eye shine. Okay. Yeah, and he said the eye shine was red. Yeah. Yeah. And I told mm-hmm. him, I'm like, you know what's got red eye shine? That's primates. 
And uh, take a picture of yourself. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, it, it was a bear. <laughs> but, yeah, that was all he caught was eye shine at a couple different places as it was running, and he's trying to keep up with watching it. But he backed into, like, a little nook of a, a tree where – you know, two trees had split at the base and grew up together. Mm-hmm. He backed into the nook, and the dogs tried to back in in between him and the trees. So. Mm-hmm. And that wow. obviously was not normal behavior for his dogs, I take it. Oh, no. No. If I, They know me, and if I roll up there and knock on that door, they're about ready to tear me apart. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's... And that's, I mean, that's a fairly common uh, report of people, a dog response to to Bigfoot being in the area. It's weird. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty consistent. So, I mean, it's not always the case. We, uh, my buddy Larry has a has a a dog that that uh, ran at a whistle, which in the dark, um, a couple different times one night when something whistled right outside the camp. And uh, they had to call him back, but for some reason, you know, I, but that generally is uh, not the case. Most of the reports with dog, that involve dogs are the dogs, you know, cower and, and hide behind their owners or, or disappear. Or, so. Yeah. What's that? Like old Bubba, you know. He was yeah, half timber wolf. Uh, mm. You know, he had really good instincts. He was a very smart dog, best dog I've ever owned. I'm missing, but uh, yeah, I uh, I never saw anything that he was afraid of, other than that. Wow! So, yeah. so you say it's been three years. I mean, you had pretty consistent or occasional activity. Um, up till three years, is there something that has changed? Do you have any uh, guesses as to why that might have changed? I personally think it's still going on. It's just that I never get to go outside and sit anymore. Right, gotcha. So it's you, know, you were outside a lot more, yeah. Oh, I was always outside before I got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even have cable TV in the house because why? I never watched it. I was never in here. Yeah. I was either working or working on the house or I was sitting out around the campfire drinking a beer. (laughs) Well, Sam, I appreciate you coming and sharing your your encounter with us and and, uh, talking with us about uh, our favorite subject. Very cool stories. Yeah. They're my story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're cool or not. Yeah. I, I didn't I just, feel well, I, I, I sure yeah, didn't I feel very cool that night. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it, Sam. Uh, yeah, well, not a problem, Julie. I knew you'd never quit bugging me. <laughs> yeah, you know, Julia's persistent. Yes, a little bit. You know, your encounter <laughs> when you told me last year when we were at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, 
uh, you know, I, I always thought about that, and I'm thinking that is so creepy to, you know, think it's a hog or whatever, and you look back in there, and it's standing on two legs. I just, I yeah, that'd, know, be, that'd be something to to see a hump and then turn around and see something running well, <laughs> upright. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> before I forget, uh, there is a, an instance down in Vinton County, which is not that far from me, uh, friends of my father's, that they thought the same thing, and it was in a soybean field for them, too. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so evidently, they like soybeans. Well, do, you think, kind of, I mean, when you, do you think when you saw it that it was down, I mean, you saw a hump, that was it down on the ground or something and then stood up? I think it was on all fours eating the soybeans. Gotcha. You interrupted mm. its dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It interrupted my sleep, so that's okay. No, that's right. Fair trade. Off. <laughs> all right, Sam. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We're just getting ready to wrap it up here on Monster X Radio. I'd like to thank our guests today, Pat yeah. Camp and Sam Ebert, for joining us, along with my special co-host, um, Julie Ranch. Um, we'll be yeah. back next week. My pleasure. Um, as always, my pleasure as well. So until next week, uh, we'll be having another encounter show next week um, as part of our new subscription offering that we're going to uh, be providing. Uh, rolling out here at the beginning of May. we, Julie and I will be hosting a uh, regular encounter show uh, for our members as, long, as well as Animal Extent. Um, they fit field reports and... Uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that happens when you get Big, my age. So. Bigfoot biometrics? Thank you, Bigfoot Biometrics. Yes, <laughs> and we have some more surprises on the on the way. Um, yes, we do. I know that Shane Shane and uh, we have a a new team member that's coming on soon that I won't reveal that yet, but uh, it, you'll be be uh, blown away by their uh, input and uh, and uh, their very bright young up and comers. So. I'm um, oh, yeah. excited to have Absolutely. that person join our team. So, uh, and uh, Mike and uh, Doreen are going to uh, be hosting Monster Extent, which is going to cover uh, other cryptids other than than our hairy Bigfoot friends. So, uh, something to look forward to. You can check out uh, our Facebook page, uh, Monster X Radio, and for Julie Wrench and the rest of the Monster X team. We will be back next week, and we thank you for joining us. Thank you all. Have a good Uh, week, guys. Okay, bye-bye.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.